Are you ready to become the go-to in your industry without having to fake it till you make it? I'm Caroline Vanatta, and I teach creatives like you the key that unlocks radical confidence so you can be proudly known as a creative expert. We're going to have meaningful conversations here to highlight the mindset shifts it takes to become your industry's go-to and stop trading dollars for hours. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing? I am really excited about this episode with Jess Massey of Hustle Sanely that you guys are about to listen to. We recorded this maybe a month or two ago, but I love Jess's approach to productivity and grace and just her general approach to business overall because she doesn't just do things to do things or because someone said, this is how you can have success. This is how you can have an awesome business or life. She has really decided what's best with her, find things that are really aligned with her, what she believes God has called her to. And she is just someone who I've loved following on Instagram. So I really wanted to bring her on here. And I think that this episode might be more relevant than it was before because her wisdom on just staying productive, but also giving yourself grace. So it's like creating these systems and these tools for productivity, but then also like living your life and knowing that stuff sometimes happens in we get to move on and play schedule Tetris. I just love her wisdom. And I think this is going to be super helpful and relevant for you guys. And I hope you enjoy. Hey, hi, Jess. Thanks so much for coming on here. I'd love if you could go ahead and share a little bit about your story and how you got here. Yes. Hi. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So my name is Jess and I am the founder of a productivity brand called Hustle Sanely. Basically, in a nutshell, Hustle Sanely, I create planners and courses with the intention to help busy, overwhelmed women get clear on their goals, define their priorities, and create a schedule that allows them to pursue their dreams without sacrificing their mental health and relationships. And this mission is so important to me because before I did what I'm doing now, I was actually in grad school. I was pursuing a master's degree in speech language pathology. So like completely different from what I'm doing now. And I actually dropped out of school to run with Hustle Sanely full time because it ended up kind of just like evolving and growing while I was in school. And I came to a crossroads. I had to pick one or the other because I am not a fan of doing things halfway. I think you should do things well and you should, you know, kind of approach things with a spirit of excellence. So I didn't want to kind of like halfway do either one. So I was like, okay, we have to make a choice. And so my choice was to pursue Hustle Sanely full time. But while I was in grad school, I was also working two, sometimes three jobs. And I was required to be on site for internships, like hands-on experiences out in the workforce. So I'm also married. No kids yet. No kids. We have two dogs though. And I hit rock bottom in 2017 mentally just because I was so overwhelmed. And I knew that there had to be a better way because I, I was watching people in my life and online kind of go after 
their dreams, but they were still able to like go out with their friends and family and, you know, take a bath every once in a while or journal every morning. So I just kind of had to come to terms with the fact that I could either just keep plowing through how I was. And I was so tired all the time. Like, not just like, oh, this girl needs a nap. Like I was tired like from the inside out. Like I wasn't myself. I wasn't showing up for my marriage well. I was snapping at my friends. I hardly ever saw my family. I just wasn't living a fulfilling life. And I was confused because I was pursuing a dream that I had wanted to pursue, which was to become a speech therapist at the time. And a lot of my classmates, they too were overwhelmed, but they still were, you know, posting. I was in a distance learning program, so I wasn't in class with them. Our classes were online at night. So I communicated with them a lot on Facebook. And so I would see like, yeah, they're overwhelmed too, but like, they're still like, you know, spending time going to family dinners. I was like, I'm not doing that. Like something has to change because what is life? Like, even if we are working toward our dreams, what, where is the joy in it if we're doing it alone and we're doing it in an unhealthy way? Like, I don't want to achieve the dream and then like be at the quote top of the mountain and then look to my left and look to my right. And like, no one's there with me. Like, it's just me. And then I'm like, Oh, cool. Like I did it when I'm all alone because I didn't, you know, take care of my relationships while I was chasing after this dream. I guess the way that Hustle Sadly started is I created a digital planner to use as a graduate student because there was nothing that I could find that met all of my needs. And I was like, okay, I know what I need to do to get organized and to kind of like take my time back and to figure out a system that allows me to show up well in all areas of my life. So I was like, I'm just going to make a planner and see what happens. So I had been seeing like digital planners on like Pinterest and YouTube, but none of them were exactly what I needed. I am not a bells and whistles kind of person when it comes to planning. I am all about intentional tools and simplicity, I would say, like the two words that I like to use to describe like what I like to incorporate in planners. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make my own. So I was already creating digital resources for my students because I one of my jobs was I was working at a school as a speech therapy assistant. So I already was familiar with making digital resources because of that. So I was like, let me just whip up a planner and, you know, use it. And so I did. And I shared on Instagram stories. I was like, oh, look at this cute little planner thing that I made on my iPad. And people were like, oh, my gosh, can you put that on Etsy? And I was like, oh. I mean, yeah, I guess like I could put it up there. That's fine. I put it on Etsy and <laughs> I put it up in September of 2018. So Hustle is a baby. It's still pretty new. And the ball just started rolling. And I was like, okay, there's a need for this. And what I found is that I was so confused at first as to why people were so like wanting my planners because I am not a graphic designer. Like they're not the prettiest planners on the market compared to like, you know, people who like they have a graphic design background, for instance, but people really loved the purpose and the, there's that word again, intentionality that I put into my planners because my planners are so much more than just planners. Like when you buy a hustle family planner, you're, you're, you're joining a community. That's kind of how I got to where I'm at right now. It's kind of a weird story, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it too. Thank so you. When did you quit grad school? 
I quit grad school in January of 2019. Okay, wow. Yeah, so just, yeah. And tell us kind of what you've been doing with your business since then. Okay, so when I quit grad school, I also quit like my speech related job. So I was like, I kind of like completely removed myself from speech therapy because I was throwing myself into this new hustle sanely thing that I was building. Like I honestly didn't know what I was doing, but the only thing that I had going whenever I quit school were the planners. So I was just selling digital planners and that was it. Um, and then the inserts and things that go with it, but just like the actual planning tools. I still had a part-time job because I was scared. So that's something we can talk about in a little bit. My family owns a commercial air conditioning business, which I live in Florida. So it's a very booming business down here. My husband actually is a technician for that company. So it's, yeah, I had been working there for 10 years as just like an admin assistant. I did all the billing. So it was kind of like a random thing to be doing, but it was a security blanket. It was very stable. It had always been there. I didn't have to. It, I worked from home, so it was very flexible, but I was scared to leave. So I was kind of balancing that as well as trying to build Hustle Sanely. I actually left that job in September. So not that long ago, a couple months ago. Since dropping out of school and like going full throttle with Hustle Sanely, I have launched a six-week group coaching program, which I had no idea that that would happen. And then I also have started doing one-on-one coaching, which I'm completely booked until 2021, which is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Wow. Um, I started doing that. I just like two days ago sent over, I am coming out with my very first paper planner and I am so excited (laughs) to do that just because I know digital isn't for everybody. And I did a poll with my Instagram community and 80% of them, I think it was like 82 or 84% are paper planner users. And I was like, oh my gosh, like my people need a paper planner. So that is what I am currently working on. And then I have two more courses that are going to be coming out later this year as well. So I have my hands in a lot of different things, but it's been really cool to kind of figure out like, because I'm not the type of person, I'm not scared to try things. Like I will try something and I'm, if I don't, if it doesn't resonate with my people or it doesn't resonate with me, I'm not afraid to walk away from it. And I think that's why I'm good at what I do is because I practice what I preach in the sense that like, you know, on Instagram, I'm always like, just take a step, just try the thing. If it doesn't work out, like, unless it's life or death, who cares? Like go on to the next thing. So like, I think I'm so easy to give tough love in that way because that's how I live my life. Like I'm so unashamed to just like take stuff out and try something. And then the last thing that I have been pouring my heart into since quitting school is the Hustle Sanely podcast. So I started a podcast in October of last year. So it is also a baby. And that's kind of what I've been doing the last couple of months. Just putting all the pieces together of what makes up hustle sanely. Yes. Yes. And you're on Instagram every day sharing about your life. Guys, if you don't follow Jess, like seriously, get rid of this episode and go hang out with her there because you're so fun. And I was saying before we got on this call, it's like, I feel like we're already BFFs. Yeah. So inspiring just to see how you show up every day, what you're focusing on. 
Um, just like the vibe of your Instagram is super inspirational, motivational, all the amazing things. So thank you. It's, it's my favorite place to hang out. It really is. My husband teases me because the top of, you know how like you can see dashes for people's stories. He's like, girl, yours looks like the line, like in elementary school when you would do crafts and it would be like cut here. And it's like, the dash line is like so small. <laughs> He's like, you have so many stories up there all the time. He's like, that's what it reminds me of is the yep. little copier line. And I'm like, you're not wrong. So that's actually why I started a podcast is because yep. I just, I couldn't fit everything that I wanted to say on Instagram stories anymore. Well, let me touch on this because one time I actually heard a coach, she was giving well-meaning advice, but she was saying, yeah. don't let your stories be dots, let them yeah. be dashes. And mm-hmm. this is an example of like, You've created this brand of following all this amazing success because of how you're showing up. And so mm-hmm. if you want to have dots on your stories, have dots on your stories instead yes. of yes. please. Like yes. Jess is doing it and it's amazing. <laughs> so if you want to do that, go ahead and start doing it. Yeah. And I'm really passionate about kind of this topic in a way like... I think that a lot of my good friends here in person, I have a lot of friends online and a different set of friends in person. And like, they are in marketing, like they're in the digital marketing space. And it's so funny because everything that they preach to do, it's wonderful advice. And they have clients who are crushing it by following the advice that, you know, they're giving them, but I don't do anything that they say to do. Like, I don't have the funnels. I don't have the webinars. Like, I don't have all of that stuff. But yet I'm running a six-figure business that's a year old and like like selling digital products. Like, it's mind-blowing to me. Mm -hmm. And I really think that my faith is very important to me. And I talk about it a lot on Instagram. I'm very open about it. I'm a follower of Jesus. And I do my business alongside him. And like, it's just so funny because I straight up just ask, I'm like, yo, how do you want me to approach this? Like, what do you want me to do? And my big thing that's been on my heart for 2020 is just build your community and show up for your people. Like, you don't need to do the webinar thing right now. You don't need to do the funnel thing. Cause that's what I was going to pour myself into this year. I was going to hardcore learn all of like the nitty gritty marketing stuff, but it was so heavy on my heart in a good way to just, that's not where you need to be going right now. Like, and it's so hard because that's what you hear everybody saying. I'm sure as a, an online business owner, you follow a lot of like online marketing experts. I know I do, and I don't do hardly anything that they say to do because that's just not what I feel called to do in my business. And it's so cool because I don't have to do what they're telling me to do. And it's still working for me. And that's the beauty of the online space is I feel like it's so dynamic and it's so ever changing. And so that you don't have to be in this box. You don't have to follow this formula. And I just think it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're doing that so well. And Thank it's you. so great to hear your story. And you talk about that because so many women, yeah, they're just starting out. They're just trying to figure it out. And so maybe they're modeling someone else and that's great. Try that. But when you step into who you really want to be, you know, you want to show up and be BFS with your followers and create that community. That's yeah. what I called you to. That feels good. And so your yeah. business is thriving and you're thriving. Yes. Yeah. So can you tell us about some of the mindset shifts, just you as a business owner, you running Hustle Sanely that you've stepped into to really help your business thrive and you yes. thrive? 
Yes, of course. So mindset work is very important to me. And it's a big part of Hustle Sanely. It's actually that I have five keys to hustling sanely. And the first one is get your mindset right. Because I had to, when I mentioned that I was kind of at my rock bottom in 2017 mentally, I had to make a choice to take a hold of my mindset and just learn tools and strategies to really get myself out of the headspace that I was in, which I used to struggle really hardcore with imposter syndrome. And I used to struggle really hardcore with a scarcity mindset. Those are two things that I really had to kind of hunker down and like dig deep, which is not fun at first. Let me be the first to tell you, like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, mindset work, like it's fluffy and fun. And like, you get to say these beautiful affirmations, like, totally true. But like, it's hard work, man. I always say that hard work is hard work because you have to come face to face with like the ugliest parts of what you're dealing with in order to deal with them. Like you have to go through them. Like you can't go around them. You can't go under them. You can't go over them. Like you have to just kind of come up against them and deal with them. And for me, that was imposter syndrome and scarcity mindset. So I'll kind of dig into those a little bit, how they pertain to me and my journey. But imposter syndrome, I mentioned, I don't have a graphic design background. And a lot of the people who I run with in person, they're graphic designers. Like they went to school for that. Like They're very talented at what they do. They have been doing it for a while. And so when they found out that I was making my products in, drumroll please, Microsoft PowerPoint, they were like, you're doing what? And I was like, hey, man, it's what I know how to use and it's working. So like, I'm going to keep doing this right now. Mm -hmm. So I struggled with imposter syndrome because I was like, oh my gosh, like, I am literally making products in Microsoft PowerPoint. Like these are not legitimate products. Like how, how I can't base a business off of this. So I struggled in that sense. And then I struggled in the sense of, I felt like I wasn't measuring up to other online business owners. So that comparison kind of creeped in a little bit where I was like, I don't have the webinars. I don't have the crazy funnels. I don't know a whole lot about marketing. So that's why I keep going back to the funnels and the webinars because that's what I think of when I think of like online marketing. But like, I didn't know about that stuff. And like, I just felt so ill-equipped to kind of build an online business and like an online brand because I was like, I have no idea any of this like backend stuff. Like, can I do this? So I had to really overcome imposter syndrome and... The way that I did that, to be honest, I did go to therapy. So first and foremost, like that is such an incredible tool that I I don't think, I don't think anything else can ever take the place of going to therapy. It really did just like open up my mind to so many things that I'd never thought of and just helped me kind of peel back layers that I didn't know that I needed to peel back. But another thing that I did is I started sharing my journey on Instagram. Like I shared my struggles with my community instead of trying to have this kind of veil between me and my online community. I was like, you know what? They're going to get the good, bad, and the ugly. We're just going to kind of do this thing together. And so I told them, I was like, they know that I make my products in Microsoft PowerPoint. And it's so funny because it was my biggest insecurity as a business owner. And then when I told them, they were like, oh my gosh, can you make a course that teaches us how to do that? Because like, I've always wanted to create my own like worksheets and planning tools, but like, I don't want to learn how to use like 
you know, InDesign or Adobe this, Adobe that. And I was like, absolutely, I can teach you how to do this. So I have a course coming out in the spring that's like digital design for beginners, like people with no design experience, don't know how to work Adobe. So it's so cool that like my insecurities kind of turned into something positive within my business. It connected me to my audience and just talking to them and learning there, they would tell me that like, that's what they loved about me is that I was so like, just kind of basic when it came to, you know, my online business and my brand, like I was just so upfront about everything. Like I wasn't putting on a show. And I feel like that's why I have so much energy to put into my business is because I don't have to spend my energy trying to like, be flashy and like, mm-hmm. pretend that I have it all figured out. Like it's so freeing just to kind of lay it out on the table, you know? And then the other one was the scarcity mindset. So I, I struggled with scarcity mindset when it came to finances and when it came to success, I used to kind of be under the camp that success was like quantifiable, if that's the correct mm-hmm. word, I don't know. Where it's like, there's only so much of it to go around. So like, I can't tell other people what I'm doing or how I'm doing it because I don't want them to get a piece of this cake. You know what I'm saying? Because then the cake will be gone, blah, blah, blah. And again, it's so funny as I'm talking this out with you, because now I have a one-on-one coaching service that's a part of my business. And what I do is I share the frameworks that I've built to kind of, you know, get things up and running and going. I give them to my clients and I'm so happy to do that for them because girl, I spent so much time and energy Googling and trying to YouTube and piece things together. And I was like, this is a nightmare. So the fact that I've been able to kind of compile the knowledge that I've gathered and just kind of present it in like pretty PDF packets to my clients is like the coolest feeling because as a girl who used to struggle with like not wanting to share or like, you know what I mean? Like not wanting to give my secrets away and air quotes. And the way that I kind of broke myself from that is the same thing, connecting with people. I believe there is so much power in community. And I feel like almost any mindset shift that you have to go through, yes, a hundred percent, it has to be an internal like you thing. But I don't think we were created to do life alone. And I think community is so powerful. And when you speak things out and you kind of just, I'm an external processor. So I've even learned things with myself in this short conversation we've had. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so like how things just Mm -hmm. lined up. But I believe there's so much power in just doing life with other people. And so kind of being upfront and forward with my community in that way. Like I've had this conversation on my Instagram stories that, God kind of rocked my world whenever he called me to step into one-on-one coaching and like, quote, share my secrets. Mm -hmm. And I put that in quotes because literally all my secrets are on Google. Everything's on Google. (laughs) Nothing is a secret. I don't know why I used to think that way. It's so foreign to me now because I'm so far removed from that kind of mindset, which is a good thing. But yeah, so it's just, it's funny. But I really do think that a big part of overcoming your, and like making those really powerful mindset shifts is kind of linking arms with other people and like asking for help and walking through it with them. Because not only can they open your eyes to things that you might not realize or see on your own, but they can also kind of hold you accountable. So if you do kind of start to backslide a little bit into a mindset that you've done a lot of work to try to redirect, they can be like, hey girl, like this isn't who you are. Like let's keep going this way, you know? So. No, that's so good. And it's so valuable 
like I've just experienced, I think for so long, I was just listening to the podcast, like just connecting with people that weren't necessarily like connecting back with me, I guess a one way thing. But now that I have those biz besties that I Marco Polo boxer every day to (laughs) stay accountable, but it's not in this, like, what are you going to get done this week? It's just like, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. It feels uncomfortable. Just that's it. Yeah. Like, yep. Girl, you were dealing with that last week. Like, yeah. what is this? Yes. <laughs> it's so valuable. That's so good. Something I was hoping you could talk about was what's your process like for nailing down priorities? Because I okay. was crushed about that. And I really want to hear your unique perspective. Yes. So I have, I'm going to share really quick. I have them pulled up on my computer just so I can say them quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a new part of my business. It is called the five keys to hustling sanely. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just put everything together in an organized fashion, just of what it means to hustle sanely. And part of that is defining my priority. So the first key to hustling sanely, like I said earlier, is getting your mindset right. The second one is getting clear on your vision The third one, define your priorities. The fourth one, create your systems and schedule. And then the fifth one is implement Hustle Seemly 5 every day, which is something that we do within my community just to hold us accountable every day. But the first part of how I kind of narrow down my focuses for the day and for the week and for the month and the year and all that stuff, you have to get clear on your vision first. And I feel like that's something that people kind of skip. Because it seems like kind of like a fluffy thing to do to some people, like an extra, but I, but it's not. It's so vital because if you don't know what you're working toward, like big picture wise, then you're not going to know what tasks are going to move you in that direction. So that's always the first thing that I have my clients and my community do is get clear on your vision. Because if you, like I said, if you don't know what you're doing, you can't pick out tasks to do that are important. You can't out your priorities. So after you're clear on your vision, I personally have a big master to-do list is what I call it, or master task list. And I keep it separate from my planner. I keep it separate from my daily to-do list because I use that as kind of like a grounds for like my brain dumping. Like if something pops up, like for example, I just saw my wedding ring in our video chat and I know that I need to go get it clean soon in order to like keep the warranty and all that stuff. That's something that I would never put on like my weekly task list or my daily task list because it's kind of random. Like it doesn't really need to get done right now. And if I put it on my daily or weekly task list now, to me, that will create a false sense of urgency. I'll see it on that list. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, now I need to rearrange my schedule and I need to do this. Like it becomes a false priority. So I keep my master, that's something that I would put on like my master task list. I personally keep mine in the reminders app on iPhone. It's just like a big checklist and it's literally called brain dump. And like, it's just every, any little thing that I think of, whether it's life, business, anything, it just goes over there. Just because I feel like if you leave it in your brain, it's taking up brain space, you know? So I like to get those out. And that's another thing that I do to help me focus on the day's priorities is like keep my big, huge, like life to-do list separate from like my daily planner and stuff. 
And then when it comes down to like actually picking my priorities for like the week and the day, I break my year up into quarters and maybe it's because I'm a business owner and like that's how I have to pay my taxes. Um, so I just do everything else around that. I break all of my goals, life goals and business goals I'm talking about here um, into quarterly goals. So like I write yearly goals and then I break those up into quarter. I'm like, okay, which goals do I want to focus on really progressing this quarter? And then from there, I break it down into, okay, so this month I'm working hardcore on this goal. And so then I know each month I have like an overarching goal. And then from there each week, I'm like, okay, what action steps do I need to take in order to, you know, reach this goal? And then from those weekly steps, I break it down into small bite-sized daily steps that I need to take. So that's kind of how I choose my priorities. I reverse engineer. I know that's like a very like catchy phrase online right now, like reverse Mm -hmm. engineer it. But I mean, that is what I do. And it is like a very helpful strategy. And if you've never heard that before, it's just you take the end result and you kind of build a plan backwards. So instead of starting from step one and building, you know, step one, two, three, four, five, And then, oh, yay, like you're at the thing. Like you start from the thing and you're like, okay, what is the step five, four, three, two, one? So you kind of build it backwards. It just is a little bit less daunting for me when I do it that way because it can be really hard to stare at something like a goal or a plan. And you're just like, okay, I don't know what the first step that I need to take is because you're looking at a blank canvas. But if you start with the goal and then kind of reverse your engineer your way to the beginning, it's just easier to kind of plug things into place. And then the Hustle Sanely 5 that I was talking about, the very first one of that is complete your focus three. So your focus three, those are three non-negotiable tasks that you're committing to getting done every single day. And the beauty with the focus three is that once you get those things done, you can consider the day like productive. Like that's like you don't have to stretch yourself thin. Like And I always tell my girls, I'm like, don't like, I'm not telling you to do your focus three and then like to stop adulting and like stop being responsible for the rest of the day. But like, it can be when you have a big, huge to-do list every day. Like I am not a fan of having a big, huge to-do list every day. I would rather have a very small, pinpointed, intentional to-do list every day. Because then when you feel, when you finish those three tasks at the end of the day, you can be like, okay, like. I feel good. Like, that's just how our brains work. When you see those three boxes ticked, you're like, cool. Like, today was great. And then if you have a giant to-do list, this is what I used to do in grad school. And it's part of what contributed to my overwhelm, I feel like. I would have this massive to-do list. I was staring at a weekly to-do list instead of a daily to-do list. And I would just try to grab as many of those weekly tasks as I could in one day. And then at the end of the day, even if I would get seven or eight things checked off that weekly list, I would go to bed feeling like inadequate because I knew there were still things unchecked, even though I'm like, okay, this is a weekly list. There are seven days in a week and today is one of those seven days. Like it's just the way that my brain worked. I would still see those unchecked boxes and I would go to bed feeling like I had failed and When the reality is I just got, you know, seven things done, but I wouldn't see it that way. Mm -hmm. So that's a big strategy that I use and that I have a lot of my clients and my community use is create smaller to-do lists. Like we try to jam pack our days full. We don't leave any room for transition. We don't leave any room for margin. And then when you do complete stuff, like you're you're not even like fulfilled because you're still overwhelmed by looking at that big to-do list. So 
That is a big strategy that I always like to say is don't have a big to-do list, have a small to-do list. And then it's easier to choose your focus three because you don't have a big list to choose from, you know? Mm -hmm. That's so good. Okay. I'm curious, how much do you plan out? Like, are you changing? So say something comes up and you don't get your focus three done or things on your list. I'm curious how, what's, what strategies kind of work for you with playing around with moving things? Okay, so I call it schedule Tetris. I am very familiar with schedule Tetris. So I do work from home. And so a lot of things, in air quotes again, pop up. Like my friends and family, they're like, oh, you're home. Can I like stop in? Mm -hmm. Obviously, I have to draw boundaries because I do have work to do and I do have a business to run. But I also try to remember that like, hey, you are the owner of your business. Like you can stop and have lunch with your mom or your grandma if they want to stop over, you know, every once in a while. I do have to kind of, you know, move things around and switch things around. I honestly just show myself grace. And that's something Mm -hmm. that I've had to kind of learn is just like, and it sounds kind of funny coming from me because my whole business is built on teaching people how to like create schedules, but like your schedule and your to-do list, like you shouldn't be chained to them. Like they're mm-hmm. tools, not like a jail cell. So like, it's so easy for us to get in like this autopilot mode where like, we're just like kind of living and dying by our schedule. But like, that's boring. Like, that's Mm -hmm. like, what kind of life is that, you know, like, so I try to make it an appoint to give myself three days a week that I'm like, very strict, very focused, very like, okay, unless someone is dying, I'm not going to like, let my boundary down today. Like, this has to get done. That way, the other four days of the week, I'm able to kind of be a little bit more fluid and kind of like less rigid and less structured. And I will say, I have to give a shout out to my husband. He is so opposite of me. I am very structured, very rigid, very schedule and to-do list oriented. He is not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those, <laughs> those big floppy balloons, like in front of like a car dealership, <laughs> like they have like the crazy arms and the crazy mm-hmm. ears and just going with the wind. That's my husband. Like he's just <laughs> like, wherever the wind blows, he's going. <laughs> but he's so, he doesn't get stressed out about it. Like it doesn't bother him. Like he thrives that way. So he really does kind of balance me out. Like he kind of is like, Hey, like, I know you love your schedule, but like, I have something planned today and we're actually going to not do your schedule and we're going to go do this. And I'm like, Oh, we are. And of course, like I get like a little bit of like anxiety at first. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I had my day like perfectly planned out. Like, what am I going to do? And then I look over and I see my husband grinning in the background and I'm like, oh, screw this to-do list. Like I'm going to go spend time with my loved ones because that's what this life is about, you know? Mm. But you can't, again, I go back and I say that your schedule and your to-do list, they are tools. They are not, they are not meant to chain you down. They are meant to be tools to guide your day. They're not meant to be your end all be all. So that's something that I've had to learn. And some days are easier than others. Some days I'm going to be completely honest. If my schedule goes out the window, I have a mini panic attack and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like I'm never going to meet my deadline. This isn't going to get done. But that's when I have to kind of go back to like getting my mindset right. And I'm like, okay, take a deep breath. Like, 
my schedule doesn't run me. Like I run my schedule. I am, I am in control of what goes on my schedule. I am in control of what I cross off of my schedule. So that's kind of what I have to remind myself of. Okay, Jess, I'm curious. What is your Enneagram number? Okay. Me and the Enneagram. Oh girl. Like I am so pro Enneagram. I am a hardcore Enneagram three to my core, the achiever. I am very success driven. Like, you know, like when I read the like description of the three, I was just like my jaw like hit the floor and I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I felt naked. I felt so seen and raw. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And so I am such a fan of the Enneagram because I've learned so much about myself and about people in my life. So I feel like I'm a a better business owner, a better wife, a better friend because of the Enneagram, because it's just, it's opened up so much about things that I didn't even know, like patterns that I had in my life and things like that. And actually in my six week course, the Hustle Sanely course, I have all of my students take an Enneagram test Mm -hmm. because I think it is such a valuable tool because not only is it valuable in life and business, but in learning your planning style, because there are so many different ways to plan, like an Enneagram seven, they are not typically like very structure oriented people. Like they get kind of like overwhelmed if they're very rigid and they're planning, like based on my experience of clients that I've worked with and stuff. So I'm so glad that you asked about that because I just think that it's so valuable for people to just kind of know that about themselves and other people because it can help you in so many areas of your life. No, I think that's so good because exactly what you said, a seven would never do things like even a one or a three. It's like, yeah, they they will thrive with different schedules, productivity models or whatever. But, but at the same time, everybody, including threes want to hustle sanely. And that's what you teach. It's like keeping your priorities straight, whether that's you, your relationships, right. your relationship to God, you know, yep. just your time. So that's so good. Yes. What's your Enneagram number? I have to know. I'm an eight wing seven. Eight wing seven. Yeah. Very cool. So I always love threes and their intensity. Yeah. And <laughs> that's a good like, word for it. <laughs> there's a lot of threes I know in business and it's like, okay, let's talk business girl. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of my friends tease me about that. It's so funny that you said that because that's me. Uh, like, if we're like talking about feelings, I'm like, oh no. But then I'm like, but what are you doing in work though? Let's talk about <laughs> <laughs> goals can we set for you today? Yes, so good. So good. So Jess, how can everyone learn more about you? Okay, so my home online is jessicamassey.com. And actually the day that we are doing this interview, my website just got a little facelift. So super excited about that. Um, but pretty much everything lives there. You can find all of my planners there. You can find my Facebook community there. The podcast is there. All the courses that I mentioned live there. So I would say that that is like the main place. And then I hang out on Instagram stories a lot. Like we talked about, <laughs> my handle is at Jess M. Massey. And then I do have the at Hustle Stanley handle as well. That's kind of my more professional account where I, you know, showcase the planners and I give more specific like planning strategies and productivity tools and things like that. But just my Jess M. Massey account is just where I go to hang out with my online BFFs, you know? Yep. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on, Jessica. Just sorry, Jess. 
Yeah, either one. I'm good with anything except Jesse. If it's Jessica or Jess, we're solid. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for coming on, Jess. It was so great to chat with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me, girl. Thank you for being a part of the creative expert movement. Share this episode with a friend or on social media so together we can empower creatives to charge more, work less, and fall back in love with their businesses. If you're ready to jump in and become a creative expert, I have a free training where you'll find out yes or no if you're ready to launch an expert product like a course, coaching, or in-person event. Go to becomeacreativeexpert.com and DM me on Instagram. Instagram while you're watching so that together we can make a custom plan for you to become your industry's go-to leader. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Expert Podcast. I'll see you next week.